0: Welcome to the On the Edge podcast with your host Scott Groves. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Scott Groves with uh, my new friend Lester Lumbad. Did I pronounce that correctly? You did man. All right, awesome, sweet. So Lester was actually uh, introduced to a f- by a friend of mine, Jedediah, who was on the podcast. Our only other in person interview we've done here in Vegas. <laughs> We're at our uh, second home up here in Vegas, and Lester is the founder. Is that correct? That yeah, yeah that's founder, yeah. president of uh, the Southern Nevada Veterans Chamber of Commerce, which is. Interesting, because in my mind, chamber of commerce meetings are like a bunch of old, crusty dudes that don't do business anymore. <laughs> and I got introduced to you by Lester, and you guys just launched like three or four months ago. We're we're uh, we're recording this in February of 2022. It'll probably be out in a couple months because for the first time ever, we're way ahead of schedule. And in like. Four months, you guys have a really robust, like, approaching 100 members in this uh, Veterans Chamber of Commerce. I know a bunch of the guys that are in it. They're younger. They're hungry. They're, like, actually doing what Chamber of Commerce is are supposed to do and support yeah. each other in business. Yeah. So maybe we'll start there, man. Tell us, I mean, this is your full-time gig, right? Running yeah, the,
1: yeah. This, uh, you know, the development of the Chamber it has my full focus right now, you know, and, you know, commit, committing all my time to it. So, but yeah, you know, like, basically what we're doing and and i think that it's it's unique in a lot of ways you know you know compared to the the original traditional approach with a lot of chamber chambers in the community is uh you know we provide the member services and the events the mixer events like a lot of chambers do and we've opened up that membership to n- both veteran owned and non-veteran owned businesses actually so it's not only limited to veteran owned businesses but the reason that we, or or the approach that we take when we're, you know, staying in alignment with that brand is we offer um, services in the digital marketing space from veteran-owned businesses that, uh you know, that provide, say, you know, expertise in social media engagement, email marketing, um, you know, podcasting, you know, like, you know, all those things that can help grow visibility for a brand. And, uh, you know, we want to be able to pull those services from experts who happen to be veterans and, you know, so, that's one way that we're adding value to our members is by doing that and supporting veteran owned businesses. But then on the back end of that, the community mission piece of what we're doing has to do with supporting four specific areas that we've identified. So those four areas are education, entrepreneurship, employment, and veteran advocacy. So within those four areas, you know, one thing that we're definitely trying to focus on is not reinventing anything that right. already exists because That would be a you know big waste of time right like there's a there's a bunch of great resources in the community that already you know function in those four areas so instead what we're doing is we're partnering with as many vetted organizations as we can find that function in those four spaces so you know groups like um like say for example bunker labs which is a great veteran entrepreneurship group we've partnered with them um emerging vets and players mvp which they have a local chapter out here in vegas you know, we, uh, you know, they've they're a, play a huge role in the veteran advocacy space and what they do in the community. Mission Twenty Two, Concerned Veterans for America, you know, another great organization, and um, yeah, so you know, groups like that. We just want to form partnerships with them, or even state-sponsored programs like the uh, Nevada Department of Veteran Services. You know, we work with them in promoting some of their resources. And yeah, that's you know how we do it.
0: It's interesting to me. It brings up this question because with as many. Veteran associations that are out there, Chamber of Commerce, the great, the great different uh, agencies and and kind of organizations you mentioned. I'm always shocked how few veterans actually know about their benefits. Exactly. You know, I, I work in the mortgage space, so I talk to people about VA loans, and one of my first questions are, "Oh, hey, by chance, are you a veteran?" And I'm shocked how many veterans I talk to when I start to explain to them the event the benefits of a VA loan zero down whatever they're like oh I didn't know I could do that and I'm like mm-hmm. dude that's like one of the biggest things you get out of your service is you get a house with zero down and right. if they don't know that I'm sure they don't know all the other stuff yeah. that that's available so give us like a you know your hot list or like your 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 funny story takeaways of like veteran benefits veteran organizations that are out there that maybe vets that are watching or get tuned in in the Vegas area they just don't they don't even know about
1: sure. Yeah, actually, you know that that's a that's a great question because um, actually, th- I have a story that I like to tell. You know, like with one particular organization, it happens to be one of my favorite organizations in the in the veteran community, which is uh, merging vets and players MVP. So amazing program. I started participating with them, I'd say like six months ago, maybe a little bit more than that. And um, <clears throat> the the reason why I uh. So the the way that was brought to their their program was through kind of random conversation with somebody that I know, and you know before we started recording, you and I we were talking about jujitsu, right, mm-hmm. and, and how both of us enjoy training jujitsu. And um, the MVP chapter out here, they they train over at Extreme Couture, which is owned by Randy Couture from the UFC, and um, you know a lot of their their uh, so their their format for how they run their program is you have to be either a combat veteran or a former professional athlete and that those are the requirements the eligibility requirements so they they uh they take this group of people that qualify for the program and then they uh enjoy a workout together you know you do some bonding through working out and then they have a second element which is a huddle element um which is which is basically comprised of you know discussing topics that are you know heavy on your mind you know things that you would like to be held accountable for you know, to, to could because these are some goals of yours that are important to you, you know, things like that, right? And they're talking about these things in a in a safe environment and it's super productive for all those people who are who are participating. So the reason why I say all that is because if I'm a person who's been training jujitsu for about ten years now, right, and I'm a military veteran, I personally had never heard about MVP before it was brought up to me in random conversation. And and I say that as awesome as, as their program is and as large as their marketing budget is because, you know, they they, they were founded by Nate Boyer. He used to play for the Seahawks and the oh, yeah. Blazer. And, and, you know, they have this giant marketing budget. And a lot of people in the community actually had heard about them, but I didn't, you know, and I feel like I, I, I was, I was kind of like an obvious target, you know, for, right. for who their target audience should be, and I had never heard about them. So I feel like if there's other people in the community who may have been you know, maybe they, they fit the same characteristics as me, but they actually had a, a strong need for a program like that and the pure, peer, peer support that they offer, then, um, you know, they, they should hear about that, you know, they, rather than just randomly hearing about it right, in right. conversation. So, yeah,
0: yeah. Is there a, is there a repository of resources for veterans? I mean, I, I'm, I'm guessing they can go to the VA, VA portal, the government, you know, the government agency to find out about Healthcare and, and housing benefits and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. But is there a good website or a good, you know, you guys, the Chamber of Commerce, keeping like a directory of available programs and outreach and grants and social networks and stuff
1: like that? Yeah, I mean, like, you know, there's a, you know, again, like, you know, say the Nevada Department of Veterans Services, they're a good example. They have a ton of resources that are listed on their website. Um, the VA has, you know, their own listings of, of useful resources. But... The only thing is a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of times folks have to be pretty diligent in looking for that information. And in my opinion, you know, like when, if I were to consider somebody who was in, who, who was struggling with certain things, right? Whether it's um, financially struggling or emotionally struggling or mental health wise or whatever the case is. The last thing they're probably going to be doing is surfing the internet, looking for resources, you right. know? Yeah, they're and, already in a place of need. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 And and um I feel like if we do it in a way that we make branding very obvious in the community, in as many obvious places as we can, so people don't necessarily have to be diligent. Then um they go to our website, they're like they see, like, say on the side of a RTC bus, Southern Nevada Veterans Chamber of Commerce. Oh, what is that? You know, let me go check it out. And then they go to our website and then they see all these resources that they didn't know about. That's, the, that's kind of the point of what we're trying to do is re- really just grow that, that connectivity between resources and grow that visibility for those resources locally. So those local resources can be used and, and, and seen you know, and, and all those things. So.
0: Well, you know, the great news is like veterans know veterans, right? So if you get up to 100, 200, 300 members in your chamber of commerce for veterans, they're going to know veterans. And then it's kind of like yeah. this farce multiplier effect, exactly. right? Like yeah. six degrees of bacon. Like I know you, <laughs> you know, another veteran, yeah. they know a veteran who's struggling and hopefully we can get them in the right program or, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. get the right resources or something like that. Yeah. Um, right before we started re- re- recording, you know, I, I asked you why these veteran programs and, and the chamber of commerce and, and basically just being a vet and, and military service is so important mm-hmm. to you. And you started telling me the story about your dad. So yeah. t- tell us about your dad.
1: Yeah, man. So, um, yeah, my dad. He's he's a retired Navy veteran. <clears throat> he um he retired as a Master Chief in the Navy, so I'm really proud of that. You know, partly you know because anybody who's been in the military understands that you know E9 is a very senior enlisted rank. You know, obviously the highest, and, right? The uh, highest. Yeah. And, um,
0: your dad was a your dad was a badass. He, he
1: was the boss. And uh, but the thing about it is he started his military career in the Philippines. You know, he grew up in the Philippines. He joined the U.S. military from the Philippines, out in Subic Bay. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, he, he, you know, that's how he came to the, to the United States was by leaving from Subic Bay and joining the Navy that way and, and all those things. And, you know, he met my mom in, uh, in San Francisco and that's how, that's how they got started, you know? And um, so I, I literally wouldn't even be here had he not made that, that decision based on that opportunity that was given to him from the military. Um, so yeah, you know, that, that's, that's a story I always like to tell. Yeah, cause it's like- And know,
0: what year did he join?
1: Uh, 1975.
0: 1975. Yeah. So uh, at that time, I don't even know if they still do it. You could have a, a path to citizenship through military service, right? If you're like in uh yeah. In an American, um, I don't want to say province because that sounds pretty colonial. But if you're oh, in, actually that's the term that they use. Okay, yeah. good, there you go. American <laughs> province. Yeah. Um, if you are if you are in Guam or Puerto Rico or the Philippines or basically any favored nation, you can get full U.S. citizenship through military service. Is that can you still do that, or is that uh, is that of uh, the past?
1: I mean, at that time, yeah, that that's that was the the route that he took for sure. But um, now I'm not not hundred percent sure. Hundred percent sure if you. uh, can still do that so that's
0: cool so he just enlist, enlisted 1975 in the Philippines they shipped him to San Francisco and they're like hey get ready for training and mm-hmm. if you do x amount of years you'll be eligible for citizenship and then that's how your family gets here
1: yeah yeah oh, man, exactly and you know but he uh he kind of took that and turned it into a career a successful career and you know he retired in 97 and a year later I, I joined the uh the military and uh, you know so it was a big Influence for me, you know growing up obviously I grew up in a Navy family out in San Diego so in in a Navy community, you mm-hmm. know, and uh, Yeah,
0: did you move like
1: 30 times like every other military kid? I know no, actually, um, we were pretty fortunate in that way Just because you know the Navy community in San Diego is so massive that he spent the majority of his career there and Then he ended up retiring in uh, San Francisco at a uh, Treasure Island. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah
0: and then that's not the end of it, right? Because your wife, uh, J.D., she also has military service?
1: Yeah. So, um, so again, you know, like the, the military opportunity part of it is is big in our family. So um, my wife actually ended up joining the service as I was coming out. I, I left service in early 2005, and she was in the process of applying for medical school at the time. And <coughs> – excuse me. So she – you know, she was applying at different schools and the opportunity that came up with a school called Ushis, which is the uh, Uniform Services um, University of Health Sciences out in Bethesda, Maryland. She took that opportunity and was able to go to school with no financial commitment. But instead there was a military service commitment, which uh, the, the time commitment is it basically equates to four years of medical school plus X number of years of residency. She had three years of residency, so that turned into a seven year commitment and um again just very fortunate we you know during those seven years we ended up living in Tokyo Japan a Yokota Air Base and then the next three years we're out in Lincoln Heath in uh, in the United Kingdom and then the seventh year was here in Vegas that's that was that's what brought us here was
0: so she got to go to med school for free just by committing to having her residency plus one more year service under the military
1: yeah yeah just uh, the same number of years for, wow. for school and residency and then she paid back you know and it's it's, it's such an amazing deal because she she would have had to be you know she 'd be doing that job anyway right right that's that 's what she went to school for was to do that job so she 'd have to be doing that anyway and she just had to happen to be wearing a uniform doing what she wanted to do and got to travel the world doing it and you know so it was, it was pretty cool
0: that 's amazing because I know um <laughs> again doing loans uh frequently. I will pull the credit and start a loan application for somebody. They did all the right things, right? They went to college, they went to med school, they did their residency, they did a three-year specialty, and now they're like, cool, I made it, I made it. I'm making, pick a number, you know, $200,000 a year as a as a um, physician at Kaiser or something like that. Let's buy a house. Like, I made it, I'm making big boy money, and I'm like, uh, yeah. <laughs> you might not be able to afford as big of a house as you think right. because you got a quarter million dollars, $300,000 in student loan debt exactly. from med school, living off of it during residency, and it's like, it's a, it's so much money to go it's to college huge. now yeah. to be a doctor and yeah.
1: all of that was 100% free all of it yeah and and on top of that because she was commissioned into into the air force before starting medical she actually got paid while she was attending medical school for the entire time and residency so so you know that 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 was kind of a no-brainer after we looked at that we were like yeah that's <laughs> yeah <laughs> not going to find a better opportunity so. so
0: so you got to go from being a, a military brat to serving in the military to being a military spouse yeah so you i mean you've really seen how the military affects families at probably the closest level of any human being i've met um, <laughs> can, can you talk a little bit of the challenges of being a family of a military member
1: yeah it's um yeah definitely you know like a lot of those roles i you know i just kind of fell into as as the years went by and um you know, while while my wife was going to school and residency, all of that was in the Washington, D.C. area. So um, career-wise, I transitioned from the military at a TSSCI clearance at the time, which is very marketable because, you know, especially moving to Washington, D.C.
0: What is a TSSCI clearance? Oh, I'm like sorry. Secret uh, clearance or yeah, something? Yeah,
1: t- top secret. Oh, TS- top secret. Yeah, top secret clearance, SEI. So um, the, uh, the opportunities were, were pretty heavy. You know, like once I moved out to D.C., Worked for uh for Raytheon for about seven years. And then uh but once she finished up her educational requirements and training requirements with residency, then we moved overseas. So I went from working to not working, you know, for um are just a kept man now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, stay at home dad. Um we have four kids. So uh Woo. you know, which was busy, you know, we we're busy. But uh it's uh yeah, man, you know, there's there's a ton of sacrifices that go into that military spouse life, you know, and a lot of times it goes unacknowledged, you know, because uh, it's hard work, though, you know, it's like, not only are you, you giving up certain career choices a lot of times, or just just life choices in general, because of the uh, the family commitment that's made to the military. But, um, you know, a lot of times those opportunities pass people by, you know, and, and but it goes unrecognized a lot of times. So yeah Um, so yeah
0: yeah i've got a really good friend in uh special forces he's an officer in the green berets and his wife man what a trooper i mean they've moved from you know uh fort bragg north carolina to israel wow you know back to tennessee over to arkansas back to fort bragg and it's like i was talking to him he's like yeah we're buying a house i'm like You have to buy a house like every two years, man. Good thing the market's just been going up for about 13 (laughs) years straight because, you know, they've just been moving so much. And I I had the pleasure of staying with their family in Israel when they were over there. He was doing like some special, I don't even know what kind of course he was doing over there for two years. But, um, yeah, I I just, I look at his wife, his wife and kids, and I'm like, what what a sacrifice they have made on behalf of the country, on behalf of her husband. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, "I, I, I don't think I would have the intestinal fortitude to be a good military spouse.
1: Yeah, you know, the, I mean, there's definitely a lot of challenges, but, you know, like the military families that are in those situations, man, they just, they just, they just hang in. They're tough, you know, and it's, uh, it's cool, you know, like, you know, like when, especially when you're living overseas, it's usually a pretty tight community. And because everybody understands it's a similar experience for everybody, you know, and everybody's going through the same things and they understand those, those sacrifices and commitments. So, yeah, it's all good. you know. yeah.
0: And going back to your military service, I'm interested because you know I've got a 20 year old who flirts with the idea of joining after he's done with college. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of people look at military service in one way or another. They have preconceived notions about it. Other than getting out with top secret clearance, which help you get a, a future job, mm-hmm. what do you feel your takeaways were from being in the Air Force? that were like, oh, here, here is how this is translated to the rest of my life or the rest of my business acumen. You know, I got out of the Army as like a, a 11 Charlie mortarman blowing stuff up. So mm-hmm. I like, I had no marketable skills. Like there's, right. nothing, there's nothing to blow up from afar in the <laughs> civilian world. Right. But what, what are some of the skills that you took out of the Air Force that you're like, oh yeah, this helped me get this job or helped me accomplish this thing?
1: Man, I would say uh, like structure is probably the biggest thing that I took from uh, you know, my time in the military because I, I wouldn't say that that's something that I had going into the military. Mm-hmm. You know, I was, I was 19 when I joined the service and, uh, you know, I was a 19 year old, you know, I didn't have a lot of structure in my mind. You right. know? But um, when I came out, I definitely had that, you know, like I I had just this way of thinking of this is the outcome that I want. And these are some of the steps that I need to take to get there and kind of formulating that in my mind before pursuing something, you know, or, or kind of figuring out how I'm going to get to that end point, or at least having a, a framework in my mind to do that. that. That's that's something that has stayed with me since I left the military. And, you know, it's it's always been very useful to me. So, got so your kids do like,
0: push-ups every time they get in trouble? or <laughs> <laughs>
1: Something like that, you know, like different variations, you know. <laughs> nice.
0: So talk to me about the Southern Nevada Veterans Chamber of Commerce. Like, you know, for people that are listening that don't know – what a chamber of commerce is or even what like a professional development group is you know talk a little bit about you know how, how you founded it how you're finding the people and like what you do you know you just get yeah. together and drink beer or is there like uh get business <laughs> presentations like what what is
1: what does a good chamber of commerce do so what we do is we um we, we we follow a certain event format per month you know like since we've started and you know these are monthly events and uh you know we just kind of follow the same the same sequence each month and and that format is comprised of a monthly mixer event so you know folks can form those community relationships as organically as possible you so know. you do
0: drink beer i do drink beer. Okay, I drink perfect. a lot of it yeah perfect i'm, com- I'm coming to an event then
1: <laughs> yeah definitely and um I yeah you know i have a good contact for you we have we have a guy um who's become a really really important resource in the chamber he's he's one of our senior vice presidents his name tj henderson and he's going to be the, uh, the chapter founder for the Veterans Beer Club out here in Las Vegas. Perfect. So, I'm in. Yeah, so we got to get you involved. Um, but yeah, you know, we, you know the, through our mixer, mixer events, we, uh, we just want people to have a good time, you know, create a good environment so people can form some, some good business conversation and relationships organically, you know, make friends, basically. Um, and then aside from that, we have educational events each month uh so far we've had the the local sba office come out and talk about their resources and kind of an intro to the sba um we also had a you know u.s bank come out and talk about some programs that they that they have to offer specifically to veterans um you know and uh we have a I have a great contact out at uh mccarran airport out here in vegas who specializes in uh talking about business certifications for um what they call disadvantaged business enterprise and you know so that, that applies to like say minority owned business or women owned business and also veteran owned business and the different certifications that are uh, that are involved with that and you know so he, he provides training on that and you know that that type of content is what we're trying to provide from the educational standpoint and then thirdly we have uh, what we're calling veteran resource symposiums uh, which, which means basically a group of or several. Veteran organizations in the community, in one of the four areas that I mentioned earlier, with again employment, education, entrepreneurship, veteran advocacy. Um, so, in one of those four areas, depending on what month it is, we'll gather a handful of groups, um, you know, that talk about, you know, that that area of focus, and they'll just set up tables, hand out literature. Uh, the venue that we provide has a stage on it, so you know, like they can get up on stage and talk to the attendees, members of the community about their mission as an organization. And, and, you know, like I said earlier, just try to increase visibility in an organic way though, you know, so um, you know, they can build a, an, an even closer relationship with the community than they already have, so. That's awesome. So, yeah, so th- those are the three, uh, three things that we do event-wise for, you know, as a chamber.
0: So. You know, it's funny. We're, we're talking on the day that Black, Rif- Black Rifle Coffee just went public today. They, ra- yeah. they rang the bell this morning at the New York Stock Exchange. Anybody who's a veteran has come across Black Rifle Coffee oh. and their crazy ads and their flamethrowers and their manly man attitude. <laughs> and like, what a great way to grow a business! Yeah. They just merged with a Spac special. I can't remember what Spac stands for, and that allowed them to go public today. And their stock's already up like thirty percent, which is awesome. That is but awesome. Um, I, I've seen some some pretty amazing stats. Uh, about the number of startups and small businesses owned by veterans. And I don't know if that's because a lot of veterans are retired. So they've got that, you know, that small retirement that they can count on for basic sustenance and then take a swing at starting their own business or whether it's just the adventurous side of people that also sign up for the military. But do you have any idea on like the stats or the percentage or the number of veterans owns businesses? Because when you talk about giving like entrepreneurship training, um, it seems so relevant because of how many veterans own businesses.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't off the top of my head. I don't, I don't know the exact uh, numbers or stats, you know, that, that go behind that. But, um, I will say, cause this, this conversation has happened a few times, you know, like, you know, why do veterans who transition from the military, like, why is that interest there as far as, you know, entrepreneurship? And, um, it's, it's always an interesting question, but you know, I think that again, it kind of goes back to that, that structural piece. And, and, that combined with the fact that if you were doing a certain job in the military that wasn't necessarily, it may not be what you want to do with the rest of your life, you know, and, and but you don't know, you don't know uh, what direction you want to go. So you kind of take something that you're passionate about, or maybe mm-hmm. has a little element of what you were doing in the service, you provide that to the community, but then like with your own structure and your own flavor. You know, I think, I think that's probably a big reason why, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of folks who have served We'll go out and venture into entrepreneurship. Yeah. You
0: know? Yeah, it's funny because I remember a lot of boring time like on the range. I, I served from 97 to 2000, so mm. no wartime. There wasn't a whole lot going on. Mm. So we spent a lot of time cleaning up mortar pools, a lot of times just sitting out there waiting for training to happen. And I remember spending a lot of time thinking about what I wanted to do. For me, that didn't end up translate immediately into like start your own business. But I can imagine you're sitting around for three years, four years, eight years, maybe not totally in love with your power structure or right. your chain of command or yeah. the job you're doing. Just thinking, like literally just sitting around thinking up ideas of like, <laughs> what would I rather be doing for business? What would I rather yeah. be doing to make money? So it makes sense that a lot of people would get out of the military with like, oh yeah, I want to try that thing. Yeah. You know, and I've got some seed money or something of that nature. Yeah. Um, you mentioned the Small Business Administration. I know most most veterans have their GI bill. How is that playing into things of like veterans either be able to get financing for education or for the actual startup of the business?
1: Yeah, so the SBA, they have um, you know different financing financing programs and SBA loans that they they offer to the community in general. So it's not just specific to uh, to veterans, even though they do have resources that are specific to veterans like the uh, Veteran Business Outreach Center. Which uh you know they have a contingent out here in Vegas, but it's 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 based in um i want to say Southern California or Arizona, one of the two but um but yeah, you know like they have they have resources uh specific to financing for just businesses in general. they come out you know like you know at some of our educational events, and they'll just talk about those things and give a quick overview of what it looks like, but um you know their representatives are always you know ready to you know they're prepared to talk about those things in detail, and yeah, it's a.
0: Nice. And and starting the group, what's been the biggest challenge or the biggest surprise for you on trying to get people engaged or get this thing started?
1: Oh, man. Um, You know, I don't know. It's funny because when when I had this idea in my mind, you know, I was I was thinking I was like, man, you know, I wonder if people, you know, if, if different community partners or different community organizations will actually resonate with what we're doing and uh maybe they will maybe they won't but you know i've been pretty pleasantly surprised you know like how all of it's worked out you know like everything that i kind of hoped for or wished would happen with the development it's it's kind of happened so far you know and um so you know just hopefully it continues that way you know like people continue to to see the significance of of how we're trying to do things and um and they connect with it you know because they, they they see that it's organic and but yeah, you know, as far as surprises, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like, you know, we we kind of came into it pretty well equipped as far as resources that we wanted to provide. Um, funding resources is a different thing, but you know, like I said, you know, people connect with it, and then now they're now now different companies and community partners are contributing money to what we're doing. So it's uh, so yeah, I I don't know, I don't, I don't know if that answers your question as far as surprises, but
0: yeah, no, no, I'm I'm you know, I try to think of like. <clears throat> I try to get a dinner party set up with like three couples to come over and it's a logistical nightmare. So yeah, I, yeah, I, I'm yeah. just trying to think like advertising to get people into the community, getting people to show up for the mixers, you know, building 70 members growing quickly towards hundred. Um, like how are you guys advertising? How are you guys finding people to be part of the community?
1: Man. Okay. I, I, yeah. So really a lot of, a lot of our event turnouts have been through, um, word of mouth but like through you know social media channels like linkedin especially Mm -hmm. you know um i've become pretty heavy on linkedin since we've started this i wasn't too involved in linkedin before that but then i've definitely seen the value of it in connecting with people locally so um yeah you know that that's kind of how we've been getting out the word and then just i'm constantly meeting with people out here and they all have their own networks and their own uh communities you know behind their own brands you know and um the more people that we connect with the more the more the word gets out you know because once once a person in a leadership position connects with our mission and how we're doing things then they they spread the word for us and like we've we've been fortunate in that way to to be able to you know earn some good ambassadors out here in the community you nice. know supporting what we're doing so
0: and who is like a, who's a perfect ambassador for you? You know, when you look at like your avatar for like, this is my rock star member of the yeah. Veterans Chamber of Commerce. Like, who are you guys looking for?
1: <clears throat> oh, man. Um, I don't know, you know. Like, we? I have a couple people in mind. You know, I can give them a shout out right now. You know, like people who, sure. who have definitely helped us out. You know, I, my, my boy, uh, Bruno Moya over at MVP, he's been putting out the word for me and, and, and our whole organization with a lot of people in, in the community and he's been super helpful. He's the program coordinator over at you. Uh, one of the two program coordinators over at MVP, but yeah, he's really well connected in the uh, educational space out here and um, just a really, really good dude. He, um, you know, he's all about helping people. So, but yeah, you know, like people who, who, uh, who just want to help the veteran community, you know, like they, once they see that we're coming from that same place, they, they tell all the friends, you know, and they just kind of, that's how our event turnouts have been uh, getting produced is off of that and, and, and really us kind of figuring it out as we go, you know, without having a traditional marketing background, you know, and how to do those things. Like we've just been using what's available to us the people that we've been fortunate to meet, so.
0: Just all guerrilla marketing, huh? Pretty
1: much, yeah. Nice. Yeah, pretty much. Nice.
0: And, and if you picture out, you know, a year, two years, five years from now, like what, what does a thriving Veterans Chamber of Commerce look like?
1: Yeah, mm, so we have we have certain numbers in mind for sure, you know, as far as membership base, you know, like we're we're trying to hit a certain number by the end of this uh, by the end of this year. Um, Come on,
0: give us the big number because the give us the big goal for 2022.
1: 2022 is 500, 500, 500 members. members. Yeah, love it. That's what we're shooting for. We're, we're going to hit that. And then um, and, you know, but long term wise, you know, I, I just want to see I want to see for one, I want to see our our chamber brand to be highlighted across the Valley for the reason that not, not just for popularity purposes or anything, but because again, like I mentioned earlier, when, when veterans in the community are able to connect with one single brand and that single brand is able to connect them with all the other resources in the community, it makes it that much easier for, for everybody to find what they need. Right. So if we can eventually, you know, hopefully not in the not too distant future, Get to a point where we have you know multiple billboards up and down 215 and 15 and 95 and on the sides of the rtc buses and shopping carts and the in the grocery stores and all those things that people go through on a daily routine basis right like stuff that people just do every day and going going down these uh you know highways every day and you know and all those things to where you know we can just get that that type of brand exposure then I feel like our uh, our community mission is really gonna have have uh, you know reached a really good point at that point because because uh, then we'll 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 have gotten the word out the way that we want to so awesome so, yeah
0: and and when a veteran comes to one of your events or they sign up as a member. Mm-hmm what are what are they expecting to get out of the experience or like you know i i'm a a new member i'm like hey i'm in you're a great guy i care about veterans i like drinking beer i'm gonna come to some of the meetings (laughs) maybe i can even get on stage give an educational presentation on lead generation that's kind of my area of expertise what what am what am i expecting to give to the community and what am i expecting to like get out of the community
1: so we definitely want you know everybody who attends our events to to come out with a positive experience and a bunch of good relationships, you know, that are, that are organically created, you know, like we don't, we, we try to stay away from folks handing out, you know, stuff that, you know, like just overly pushing their business at our Mm -hmm. events, you know, like there's nothing wrong with that, obviously, you know, like you want to, you do want to promote your business, but it, it needs to be done a certain way and through a relationship building process. So we just want people to come and have a good time and, you know, make some friends in business and make some friends in the community. And then, take it from there you know and, and th- that's the type of vibe that we're we're trying to create at our at our events and you know so yeah like and then and then if I'd, I'm a firm believer that you know like when you come to any setting any, and you and you come with the intention of contributing value to the people that are there then it comes back around you know and and I think that you know someone like yourself that has something great to offer in, in your area of expertise you, you know, you start with adding value, maybe not even from a professional level, but just say, Hey, you know, like, how can I help your business? You know, how can I, how can I help promote what you're doing? How Who can I introduce you to, you know, that type of vibe, then it all, it all circulates back around, you know, and everybody's going to benefit, I think. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I've got a buddy. Um, he always jokes around. He's, he says that I'm an intellectual philanthropist, that I love, I love giving away free knowledge to try to help people out. Yeah. And I think there is something about that military community where once you get past about E1 or E2, you kind of have to be a mentor and you have to train people and you have to lead people. So whether it's an E4 squad leader, you know, uh, leading a bunch of people in the army, or once you get to that E5 non-commissioned officer status, or you were an officer, there's something intrinsic about like, once you get past the first year or two in the military, you're going to be a leader, a presenter, um, a a manager of people. And it, it seems like that would be just like, perfectly targeted for this type of environment where everybody's trying to meet each other, learn from each other, but also teach each other. Like it just, it, just, it seems like you've got something really special here that you're setting up. Um, Thank you, I don't even know if there's a question there, but I, I <laughs> may, may, maybe just, maybe just confirmation bias. Like do you feel like military people are a little bit better than average at leading, teaching, mentoring? Like does that just come naturally to a lot of your members?
1: Yeah. I mean, I th- yeah, I, I agree with what you said, you know, like all of us are kind of set up for that you know, if you, if you want to call it, you know, setting, setting us up for success in that way, you know, because, you know, you arrive to your, your new duty station and you have a, you know, a person who's kind of designated as your sponsor or, you know, whatever you want to call it right at, at that new, that new uh, duty station. And, and they kind of guide you and show you like all the resources that you need and show you where to go, show you where to get your dry cleaning done and where the commissary is at and, you right. know, and all those things. And, um, and then they kind of walk you through the different areas of your workplace and, you're supposed to know um you know you know and all those things and and that's that's really important that's 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 just an important social skill to have it's not outside of your normal area of responsibility just knowing what your whatever your MOS or your FSC was but also you know just how to get by in a new area you know in a new setting you know um people in the military are kind of naturals at that you know because because all of us have been through that so
0: Love it. And most importantly, how are you dealing with being a father of four kids? <laughs> how old are they, first of all?
1: Um, so yeah, so I had two boys and two girls. My oldest daughter just turned fourteen oh. last month. So, you know, that that's uh you know, it's a unique set of challenges there, you know. But we're but yeah, she's a she's a really great kid. Um and then my my older son, he is about to turn ten in a few days. Younger son just turned eight. And my youngest daughter just turned five just a are, couple days ago.
0: Are, are, are you all done or are you going to have some more? Oh, we're
1: definitely done. <laughs> <laughs> no question. Done. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm joking over here. The look on your face of like, no, yeah, no, no, we're real done. Yeah, we're real yeah, done. No hesitation.
0: <laughs> no, it's amazing, man. Um, and I always like to ask questions when I'm talking to fathers. You know, it, it's funny. I started I started asking this question when I knew I was going to be a father. My wife and I were married a month, two months before we found out she was pregnant, three months maybe we were born in March. My son was born the following February. And I started asking all these dads, I was like, Hey man, what's the best thing for, for older fathers that you did as a father or what's the best thing you're doing right now as a father with your kids? So I want to ask you the same question. Like in any way that you feel you're crushing it as a parent, what do you think is the best thing you're doing with your kids?
1: Man. um, I would say just being mindful about, how much time I allocate to spend with them you know and and that that really came from that opportunity of just spending a lot of time with them when I was a stay-at-home parent you know like when we were living overseas and I kind of understood the the importance of that because I think that in a lot of cases you know when when you have really busy parents who are really caught up in their job and just the grind you don't really you know like everybody who has kids knows like you don't realize how much time is gone until you realize like how tall they've gotten and how much mature they are but then because i was able to spend like 100 percent of my time pretty much you know like with, with my kids and all the way from changing diapers up until they went to kindergarten you know then um i just i just kind of valued that time you know if that if that makes sense like i i um i just saw that that time was definitely limited you know because it was going to be over at some point you know like when right. they go to school and then they just started getting older wife is like, gonna
0: make you go back to work and, yeah exactly yeah. <laughs>
1: exactly so like you know now I was, I've always just kept that in mind you know like the um, the time that I spend with them now especially because they're they're all a little bit older you know I just uh I just try to be mindful of that you know like that they're gonna they're 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 getting older they're not getting younger you know and I gotta make sure we uh we don't get we don't get any of that time back right like they don't yeah. get they don't they don't get to be small again so
0: Yeah. My, my buddy, John Roman runs a mastermind group for fathers where it's like, you know, fathers that are being business owners, not business owners that are trying to find time to be dads. And, um, this group has talked a lot of times, like with your daughter, like you've got four summers left. You only got four summers left before she's going to want a vacation with friends and family and off to college or friends. I mean, and off to college and family's not going to be cool for a few years, you know? Um, and like the first time that they told me that they're like, yeah, you've only got like fifteen summers left with your kid. I was like, "Dude, fifteen's not a lot of numbers." You know, yeah, I, yeah. I, I like I brought a tear to my eye. I was like, "I only get like fifteen summers left with I my know. kid. I got to make yeah. the, the best out of it." So, um, uh, yeah. So now that I've made you cry, that you've only got ten <laughs> summers left with your kid and eight summers left with your other son, uh, um, uh, do 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 they have in their mind yet? Like, oh, grandpa served. Dad and mom served. Does that conversation come up at all about them being in the military or yeah. you know playing soldier, and then actually saying, "Wait a minute, everybody in my family was a soldier. I, I want to go be a soldier."
1: Yeah, my um, my older son has, he he definitely notices it. He's mentioned it to me a bunch of times. You know, that he knows that my dad and and my wife's dad was he actually came. You know, he joined the Navy, too, the, the same way that my dad did, you know, from, from Subic Bay. So he knows... Oh,
0: bo- both your you and your wife's parents joined uh, the military from the Philippines?
1: Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. And they both came here the same way. And, uh, you know, like I said, like my dad did full Navy career, and my, my, my son knows all of those things. Then he knows that um, both both me and my wife were in the Air Force, too. But he saw my wife go through it, you know, because I wasn't in the military anymore. Right. But that's influenced him a lot, for sure, to where he's told me a bunch of times that... He wants to join the military when he's an adult, and yeah. So I was like, "Cool, man. If that's what you want to do, then you know, I'll 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 help guide you through it. And make sure you make you make the right you know the right choices. I guess." But, yeah. You know. So
0: Navy SEAL right away. Just have him start, have him start doing push-ups now. Yeah. Swimming. Yeah. Just like tie his hands together and throw him in the pool <laughs> so he can start getting ready for Navy SEAL training. Yep. Oh, that's awesome, man. Um, what what else did I forget to ask about? You know, starting the chamber or things that you're looking forward to, or is, is there any um is there any financial hardships or funding that you guys are trying to get? Like what, what, what are some of the mechanisms of the actual chamber?
1: Yeah. So, you know, like we're definitely always looking for, you know, some funding partners to help us support what we're doing. Um, you know, right now it's, it's completely bootstrapped, you know, it, um, you know, it's the, the initial costs all came came out of my pocket basically. And, you know, just, uh, you know, trying to, but we're trying to do things the right way, you know, so we're not in any rush and we're, we're trying to partner with the right people in the, uh, in the community that want to support us but luckily we've we've uh, been blessed with some great conversations and great new relationships that have turned into funding support mm-hmm. you know so um so we've, we've been really lucky with that lately and um yeah so we're just we're just trying to you know kind of go from there but um yeah if 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 anybody's interested in, in uh sponsoring or you know supporting us as a donor uh, please get in contact with me for sure that's awesome.
0: Yeah. Um, what, what do I need to donate to to like sponsor a breakfast or? A, I think I'll sponsor a beer. I'll sponsor a mixer. <laughs> so, Mo- Movement Mortgage, the parent company I work for, and Scott Groves will definitely will sponsor a, a mixer and we'll leave the tab open for a few drinks. I know. Awesome. I know. I know Army guys and Marine guys. I don't know about Air Force guys, but I know Army <laughs> and Marine guys can drink a lot. So yeah. I won't leave the credit card open all night. But yeah. I'll buy like the first two or three. Um, yeah. What is it? What does it cost to be a member? Like, what does the financial obligation look like for you guys on the commerce side, for the chamber side, and then for the member side?
1: Yeah. So um, for membership, it's uh, annually. Um, we're at, we're offering basic memberships for uh, three hundred bucks a year. Oh, so um, you know it's pretty it's pretty affordable. It? Yeah, it's pretty yeah, reasonable. really cost effective. Um, yeah. Um, that that includes you know event access um for the most part all of our our um events will be of no charge to members except for a couple of exceptions in the year higher cost events just support them but other than that um yeah so so event access um you know put your branding on our newsletter um on different uh you know welcome sequences that we have for new members you know we can have our existing members on those uh on those welcome sequences uh, we're, we are in the process of beginning a, uh, a a podcast of our own nice for the chamber. And we want to use that as a platform to highlight, you know, our members, you know, spe- specifically the veteran owned businesses and, you know, kind of doing something similar to what you and I are doing right now, you know, just t- telling those stories about transition, you know, and um, you know, t- it's actually going to be called the Warriors Transition Podcast. So we, nice. we just want people to have an outlet to tell their stories and like some of the challenges that they experienced or faced in in transition but then also promote what they're doing now you know so if they have a business we want we want to give them the opportunity to do that and yeah you know those are some of the things we're doing and uh yeah so as far as membership that's what it costs
0: When, <laughs> when are we doing the live fire live, live live fire mixer event where we go out to the range and shoot that can oh, get a little yeah. expensive with what yeah. like ammo costs this day yeah I, I wouldn't expect the chamber to pay for that everybody needs to pay <laughs> for their own ammo
1: yeah but, that uh, would be cool but um that's a cool idea. That's yeah, really with
0: eighty cool. veterans, I'm sure you got a. Especially here in Nevada, where you can basically buy anything you want. Yeah, um, you probably have a small armory in that room. I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, and what what is your mix? Are you guys attracting like all Air Force guys? Do you have some Marines, some Army guys, some ex Special Forces guys? Like, what's your mix of the members so far?
1: Yeah, we have a we have a really good mix. As far as branches of service, we have pretty much all branches of service. We nice. haven't connected with any Coast Guard folks yet. Oh, uh, we gotta get some but, Coast Guard guys. Uh, yeah, but uh, we we have, you know, a lot of Air Force folks, obviously, because, you know, Nellis Air Force Base, Creech Air Force Base is out here, but, um, there's a huge component out here in this community for, um, for all branches of service. And, um, I think that's important to, you know, for the whole community to recognize, you know, is that it's not just an Air Force town because there's Air Force bases here. I I went to the, the Marine Corps birthday over at the Leatherneck Club out here. And, um, Man, I I got a text from a buddy of mine, and he said, hey, you want to um grab a couple beers? It's the core cool birthday. I was like, yeah, sure. I thought it was going to be, you know, I, I didn't know. I had no idea that it was going to be what it was, but literally when I got there, there was like 500 people in the parking lot, sloppy, drunk, having a good time, you know, and the folks that work there at Leatherneck, they told me at one point there was something like 1,100 people in the parking lot at one time. Holy cow. And I was like, damn. So that, that just speaks to how large just the marine corps community out here out here in vegas is and yeah who knows what the army and navy community looks Man, like. and you should
0: have got uh, there earlier with flyers for the chamber <laughs> yeah, now, now you know every marine birthday just go yeah, there and hand yeah. out chamber Next flyers. Year, that's
1: the strategy for sure <laughs>
0: that's awesome and, and where are you guys having your meetings now have you guys found like kind of a a, a primary sponsor to have your your meetings and your mixers and stuff there or are you guys kind of just traveling around the community here in uh in las vegas
1: yeah so um our office is located in downtown Summerlin, so we have um, our upcoming event next week, actually. It's going to be uh, there at our office. It's sort of an open house type of setting. Oh, nice. Um, but we also have uh, access to a venue out in Town Square, which is, uh, you know, that's where we're having these uh, Veteran Resource Symposium events I was talking about. Cool. Um, yeah, and then aside from aside from that, you know, like we we're, we're trying to find a mix of different areas in town that we can have have our events. So, you know, not everybody wants to go to Summerlin. Not everyone wants to go to Henderson or Town Square. Right, right. You know, so just kind of spread them out, you know. And we've been uh, we've been pretty fortunate. We have um, a pretty good listing of venues, you know, that are for upcoming events that we can use and in different parts of town. So nice. kind of depends. And how long you know. have you been in Vegas? Me personally, um, about four and a half years. Four and a half years. Yeah, so relatively relatively new
0: yeah yeah i think yeah. after like seven years in vegas or la you're local like those yeah. towns where the people are a lot of transient but we're neither of us are local yet i'm only here half the year and you know you're only here for half years i heard something that was kind of tragic <clears throat> but kind of made sense to me because i i grew up coming here all the time my uncle lives right down the street he's been here since the 80s <clears throat> and i remember him talking and 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 he and his friends and then just visiting here it never really felt like Vegas was like a community. Like people came to Vegas, they lived in Vegas, but they were like, "Oh, I'm in Vegas, but I'm from Jersey or I'm from mm-hmm. Minnesota or whatnot." And then tragically, after the shooting that happened at the Country Music concert, yeah. and they kind of came up with the with the the bumper sticker, if you will, "Vegas Strong." Right. And then it just so happened the Golden Knight Hockey's team was local for the first time that year, hey, and something yeah. for the whole community to to root for. Yeah. And then the Raiders came into town. Since I've been spending more time here since we bought a second home up here, it feels like Vegas is actually more of a community where people would join the Chamber of Commerce. And maybe I'm making this all up in my head, but somebody who's lived here for like 25 years the other night, we were having a cigar, and he brought this to my attention. He's like, yeah, I I hate to say it, but it was it was in his mind – the tragedy of that shooting at that country music event that kind of like solidified the community around being community. So yeah. have you felt any of that since you moved here? Cause like you would have been moving here right, you know, yeah. right before that happened.
1: We, yeah. We, we actually moved here about two months before the shooting happened. Ugh. So like we were brand, brand new to the community. And um, so I, I really have no base for comparison, right? But yeah, I mean like the community out here for, for our family, at least like, it's been pretty, uh you know, we've been super happy with, with uh, just how we've been able to engage with different people in the community, and everybody out here is super friendly. Um, you know, like you said, like, people are coming from different places, Jersey, California, Hawaii, you know, there's a lot of people out here from Hawaii. Yeah, the Philippines. The Philippines, yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, you know, like, when, uh, especially when it comes to supporting the veteran community, like, people are pretty passionate about that out here. Yeah. You know, people definitely want to support things that they're passionate about here, and, and you know, people... People come from everywhere to do things that they're passionate about here in vegas you know that, that's one of my favorite things about this area is people can come here and basically do anything and pursue anything that they want to and uh when it comes to supporting uh the veteran community people are they they, they go pretty hard with it so yeah so but yeah man yeah yeah we, yeah we moved out here the same year that the golden knights started and the city was on fire you know like yeah. how, how how passionate people were were about this uh hockey team i was it was uh I didn't know what to think about it, man, because I was like, "Wow, you know, like you know, it's serious when you see like large Filipino families walking down the street and hockey gear, you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. like, you know, it's serious." Yeah, ice hockey is not exactly the uh, <laughs> right. national sport of the Philippines. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I was like, "Wow, you know, it's a it's a real thing, and people people love the Golden Knights <laughs> out here." I'm actually a longtime Raider fan because I went to high school in the Bay Area, so I was nice. super happy to find out they were moving here. Nice. And, uh, yeah. So. The
0: stadium's awesome. I went the there for Guns N' Roses concert, yeah. and uh, it's pretty pretty epic. <clears throat> so.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's super impressive, and yeah, so I'm just I'm excited for everything that come in Vegas, you know, because it's expanding more, more and more, and um, I'm sure they're gonna probably probably be bringing more professional sports teams here to add to the mix, and yeah, it's just uh, it's just good stuff. That's awesome.
0: And I always like to close with a couple of the same questions for everybody. One is uh, we're actually recording this on the day that Nevada lifted the mask mandate yeah. for the entire <laughs> state. So it's been a pretty crazy two years and kudos yeah. to you for launching a brand new business model or a brand new business basically in this time. Um, what Now that it looks like we're getting past the craziness and the restrictions and all that stuff, what are you and your family most looking forward to like going forward coming out of this last two years of of headache regardless of how you feel about it. It's been a pain in the ass. Yeah. So yeah. What, what are you looking forward to coming out of this?
1: Man, I'm, I'm hoping that people just stop arguing about it, you know, like whatever their views are. I think, I think that's what, what I hope for the most, yes. you know, cause I mean, yeah, everybody feels differently about it and everybody is afraid of something when it comes to this, you know, like whether it's the, the, uh, the virus itself or the laws that are being created because of it or, you know, whatever the case, but man, like people get so crazy over this stuff and, I, I, I don't know. I have a hard time understanding it, you know, like wearing a mask, for example, I'm not, I'm not a fan of it, but if it's going to keep my kids in school, yeah, then who cares? You know, <laughs> so right, right. I'll wear a mask all day if that's what I got to do to keep them in school. So, you know, so yeah, you know, like I So getting back to people not being bitches. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: everybody has yeah. been bitching too much. Myself included. Yeah. Yeah. I got to be honest. Yeah, me too. I, I go yeah. on my rants, yeah. you know. Um, yeah. But yes, I will. I will definitely be also looking forward to a time when less people are bitching at each other because <laughs> uh, I just I can't handle. I can't. I can't handle going into Starbucks and and seeing two people that are probably good people fight about masks or mandates yeah. or whatever. Uh, it's, yeah. it's just too much. It's just too much. Yep. Um, and then this might be a weird question, but I feel like you can get to know a lot about somebody
1: from from this question
0: favorite movie and why
1: Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon really yeah
0: all right tell me about this movie because I'm <laughs> I'm quite the movie aficionado and I've never
1: seen I've never seen The Last Dragon oh my god you you've never heard uh of Bruce Leroy and Shonuf no oh man you have to definitely check it out it's it's a it's a childhood favorite of mine you know it's more nostalgic than anything but okay um, yeah man I, it's that's What's always my answer. Is it like a kung fu spoof or what is it? Yeah, kind of, you know, like it's uh it's about a, a guy, you know, his name is uh Leroy Green, but you know, everybody calls him Bruce Leroy cuz he's a big Bruce Lee fan. Okay. And um, you know, he's just out there beating up bad guys and he's got to find this uh he's got to find like this secret master that ends up being a machine that prints fortune fortunes for fortune cookies, but he's been like searching the whole movie for this secret master that his Kung Fu teacher told him it Wait, exists.
0: Is this, is this the movie where he has a pair of nunchucks that's like two chipmunks or something?
1: <laughs> no,
0: no, no, Okay, no. It's okay. a different one. Yeah. All right. I think like, it was some <laughs> spoof karate movie where the guy has like nunchucks and they're like they're like two chipmunks like chained together and they're like <laughs> biting as he's anyway. This is a different different movie I'm thinking of. I don't yeah, know what movie that is, but yeah, yeah. right.
1: he gets uh he gets what they call the glow at the end of the movie, Barry Gordon's The uh, Last Dragon. Yeah, definitely check it out. It's all a right. classic. I'm a watching classic. A,
0: I might watch it on, on Netflix tonight. I hope you do, man. Um uh, any other favorite movies?
1: Oh man, I got a lot. I have Let me think. Favorite man, military movie, let's do that. Favorite military movie. Oh. Ooh, that's a hard one too. Um Yeah, I got a few of those. Uh Full Metal Jacket's definitely on there. Oh, um, so good. Yeah.
0: And um, I feel like Full Metal Jacket is two movies. Like, yeah. the first half of the movie is when they're on Paris Island doing yeah. their training, yeah. and the second half is, like, a Vietnam War movie. And yeah. in my mind, like, at the point where Private Pyle shoots himself, they're two totally different yeah. movies, yeah. which so I the, don't know if that makes any sense. plot completely
1: shifts, and, like, it's, it's a whole different thing. But, it, what, like, the whole thing is just awesome. It's you know? epic, yeah. yeah, entire movie. Yeah, um, Yeah, there's, you know few good men I'll, i've always liked that movie great movie um, you know, great movie great uh characters uh yeah back lots. when demi moore was super hot
0: <laughs> i uh one of my all-time favorites is saving private ryan That's and i remember uh i've yeah. probably told this story on the podcast before i was in the army A bunch of army guys and i went to go see the movie i actually broke up with a with a girl because of this movie so like when the guys in the field of all the crosses yeah. um the old and when he's an older man and he starts crying and it's blatantly obvious that he was in the military Mm -hmm. and he lost a bunch of his friends that day she leans over to me and says why is he crying and I'm like, oh, I can't date somebody this dumb. Yeah. Like the I mean, Steven Spielberg's literally laying out the premise for the movie that yeah. the guy's crying. He clearly lost all of his comrades <laughs> in arms. And she's like, Why is he crying? Yeah. And I'm like, He just oh, doesn't yeah. get it. Yeah. No, you don't you don't get it. I can't yeah. I can't be in the military and date somebody that yeah. dumb.
1: <laughs> American Sniper too. That's oh phenomenal movie. That, that's that's a great movie. It it it's man. That, that that one really hit home when I saw that I was like yeah. wow that was that was really well done
0: yeah it really brings i you know i i was Lucky and didn't serve in wartime or ever get shot at in anger. But to me, that and maybe like Black Hawk Down,
1: yeah, br- brings yeah. to
0: the forefront of your mind, yeah. like as probably best as it can without being in a combat arms position, um, really brings to uh, brings to light like what I think it must have been like mm-hmm. to being you know shot at in anger. What was your uh, What was your job in uh, in the Air Force? Uh,
1: I worked um, electronic warfare systems, which is like the the aircraft maintenance basically. I worked on the flight line for the first five years that I was in and then the last two years uh I took a special duty assignment at the uh National Air and Space Intelligence Center over at uh Wright Patterson Air Force Base in Ohio and that was like working in a hangar so but um but yeah uh nice. electronic warfare systems
0: had to, had to have top secret clearance for how all the electronics on the planes work
1: for that second job I did and and it it uh it worked out perfectly for me you know afterwards so nice yeah it was a, just all blessings man it was good
0: Cool man. Well, I'm gonna make it to you. actually next week. I'm in Mexico, so I'm not gonna make it to your next event, but I'm gonna make it to the one after that. I'm definitely gonna become a member and uh, sponsor some of the events because as awesome, I've been spending man. more time up here, I got to get got to get some loans from Nevada and some loans from <laughs> California as I go back and forth. So I'll definitely be a member, man. Thanks for for Thank being you. on, and hopefully we can have you on maybe with Jedediah. We'll do a joint one when you guys hit your 500 members, and we'll we'll celebrate and talk about what the next step is for you.
1: For sure, man. Yeah, Jed Jed is um, he's an awesome guy, and you know we're we're super super lucky and just super excited to have him helping out because he, he has a ton of expertise in business and great guy. Yep, Awesome, man. Thanks for being on. Yeah. Thank you, man. Cool. Appreciate it.